Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning Shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. Today we're spotlighting a case that has made its rounds online. The Early Childhood Development Agency recently issued a warning and fined Kinderland. And that came after videos of a teacher at Kinderland's Woodlands March Preschool forcing children to drink water and hitting a child on the buttocks with a book were circulated on social media and messaging platforms. This has raised many questions, including when discipline actually becomes abuse and shifts in our societal acceptance in terms of how far teachers can go when managing children under their charge. For more insights, we're joined by Dr. Kit Pei Ling, Senior Lecturer for Psychology and Child and Human Development at the National Institute of Education. Welcome to the show, Doctor. Hello, Lindy. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, very good morning to you. Now, let's first touch on the guidelines that teachers have when it comes to managing children. What actually constitutes abuse, both physical and emotional? Well, to answer this question, we first need to look at the goals of child management because the guidelines that you are referring to are actually developed to achieve these goals, Mm -hmm. right? So, The main goal is to teach children what is right and wrong Mm -hmm. and to really help them to develop skills such such as social skills that will allow them to share and play with others while showing care and respect for one another. And we also want to encourage them to explore, to be curious and to be able to communicate their thoughts and feelings and be comfortable and happy. Mm -hmm. So in order to achieve these goals, uh, teachers need to be really aware of how to use age-appropriate discipline to manage children. And by this, I'm referring to how to reinforce desired behaviours and eliminate undesirable behaviours. So teachers can actually reinforce um, desired behaviours by, say, using praise and encouragement or by giving small rewards. And they can eliminate undesirable behaviours by using consequences such as timeout or by removing privileges. But what they cannot use is corporal punishment. They miss beating children. Uh, They can't do that for preschool children and on female students of any age. But we also have to be very careful how we discipline children because it can actually turn into abuse when taken too far. So, for example, abuse happens when adults get very upset very angry Mm -hmm. and somehow cannot regulate their own emotions Mm -hmm. or when they take very extreme measures to punish children to the point of injuring them physically and mentally, right? Or neglecting them or depriving them of basic needs such as food, water and shelter. Dr. Kip, before we go further, I'd just like Mm -hmm. to take you back to what you mentioned about desirable and undesirable Mm behaviours. From an educator's point of view, can you share some examples of those behaviours? Okay, desirable behaviours would be maybe being responsive to teachers when teachers want uh, or ask you to do something, complying with rules. Yeah, within reasonable limits or maybe if a child needs to go to the toilet or something like that, you know, just asking for permission. Mm-hmm. So that would be a desirable behaviour. Mm-hmm. Undesirable behaviour could be the child just not complying or just running around, you know, or just throwing a tantrum and just not wanting to listen to the teacher. Mm, okay. Mm. And when that happens, you know, in terms of societal mindsets, 
you know, what are the key changes you've seen in parents' attitudes and threshold for disciplining of children by teachers at school? Mm, I would say that in the past, parents were more willing to kind of just trust teachers to do what's necessary. Perhaps it's just that they didn't have that much time to scrutinize what teachers were doing, but they were more willing to leave the discipline of their children to the schools. Uh, but I think that has shifted over time. Uh, now, parents are much more aware about child development and uh, they have more information of what is considered acceptable discipline and what might constitute abuse. Right, And of course, there are also parents who have the privilege of being more involved in school events uh, and they do spend more time communicating with teachers about their children's needs. They're more aware of what's happening in schools. But I would say that nowadays, because there's been so much more public education, parents generally don't want teachers to use corporal punishment. Mm, of course. Yeah, And of course, uh, we have also read cases in the newspapers where parents become upset or complain when, when teachers discipline their children, even if these measures are within the guidelines. Yeah, mm. because they don't believe that their children deserve it. So I would say that parents are perhaps less likely to accept harsh disciplinary measures by teachers, and they are also more mindful of what their children are going through in school. Okay, this, this also um, you know, brings to light parent-teacher communication. Just to put in context, we've heard cases of overprotective parents right, in recent mm-hmm. years, as well as cases where teachers are being inundated by parents' messages over WhatsApp groups with parents and so on. Just what level of communication is needed there? Is there a sweet spot, especially when it comes to communicating expectations when managing children's behaviour at school? Well, yes, there is actually. I would say that when you are talking about parent-teacher communication, we are really talking about a two-way process. But this two-way process also needs to be timed, mm. right, properly so that uh, both parties are comfortable and protected and not overwhelmed. So when we talk about parents trying to communicate with teachers, I think parents need to kind of be mindful of the fact that teachers actually have private lives outside work and they also have families mm-hmm. right uh, they cannot constantly be on chat say responding to whatsapp messages after office hours but at the same time I mean it's natural for parents to be anxious about mm-hmm. their children to want the best for their children but they also need to understand that teachers have to take care of more than just their child in the classroom right and uh, teachers must take care of all the children in the classroom. So parents need to be open to hearing what teachers can or cannot do with children in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And similarly, teachers have to do the same. They need to kind of empathize with parents to understand where the parents are coming from, where the anxiety might be coming from. So what would actually be helpful is for parents and teachers to communicate their expectations, Mm -hmm. their concerns, their worries about, say, at the start of the school year or maybe at the start of the school term rather than sometime in the middle of the school term. So if time could be set aside for parents to let teachers know, okay, this is what my child has. These are some things that actually work with the children, right? In terms of display measures and encouragements, uh, these are things that don't seem to work. And teachers go in uh, to the class more prepared to work with these children and more aware of what the children need. At the same time, teachers should also be sharing with parents their expectations Mm -hmm. of students' behaviours 
for example, what kind of disciplinary practices will be done and any observation that they may have. Uh, if this can be done at the beginning of the semester, it is better than doing it, say, along the way. And any communication during the term really should be uh, occur when teachers need to check things with parents or when parents have urgent concerns that they want to raise. Mm-hmm. And I would really suggest doing it face-to-face or at least on the phone rather than through a WhatsApp messages because that can be in, misinterpreted. And mm. always go in with the goal of finding more effective ways to manage your child's behaviour consistently. With the recent case, you know, it just brings to mind what kind of training should a teacher need or what sort of training programs can they be put through in order to help them better manage children they teach as well as their own emotions? Well, all teachers, whether it's preschool teachers or primary or secondary school teachers, they all learn uh, classroom management and behavioural management mm-hmm. strategies as part of their initial teacher training, mm-hmm. right? However, it uh, helps to have uh, refresher courses from time to time. And maybe during those courses, teachers can share their challenges. They can work together with instructors to find better ways of managing difficult behaviours. But at the same time, we also need to remember that teaching can be very stressful. Teachers need to be able to manage their own stress and emotions appropriately. So they can benefit from self-care and self-awareness workshops. And I would really encourage teachers to seek counselling support to help them cope with personal challenges. Mm. So perhaps some kind of system where teachers have assessed to uh, free counselling or really subsidised counselling would help. So, for example, at NIE Wellness Centre, mm-hmm. we do provide such counselling support okay. uh, to members of the public, including teachers. Okay, taking into consideration the challenges of these teachers as well as parents and also, you know, shifts in societal norms, do you think the current guidelines are sufficient or do you think there should be any review of guidelines? Mm-hmm. Well, I think right now ACDA is already reviewing its guidelines mm-hmm. on monitoring child management practices. So I think we should be watching that space mm-hmm. and seeing what they find because they also do quite a bit of research into that area. But I would think that maybe more measures can be put in place to ensure that teachers who need help with managing challenging children are better supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that coping is more closely monitored. Mm. Uh, This is because research has actually shown that when teachers are very stressed out, they don't have the capacity to manage children who misbehave. Mm. Uh, So we really do need to help them cope so that they can do well. Okay, it's been a pleasure hearing your views today, Dr. Kit. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much for inviting me. We've been speaking with Dr. Kit Pei-Ling, Senior Lecturer for Psychology and Child and Human Development at the National Institute of Education. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.